0: Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I hate to say it, but Najee Harris is looking like a big bust. And he's just a symptom of the Steelers' talent shortage. Welcome to the Steelers' update from Live, where we keep track of all things Steelers, so you don't have to. This is John Lucy reporting. The startling demise of once-touted running back Najee Harris is a symbol of all that ails the floundering Steelers, who are fast on their way to reaching rock bottom. Simply put, the 1-4 Steelers' deadly disease has been diagnosed as the decided lack of talent caused by a history of bad drafting. Najee Harris is the poster child for the problems in Pittsburgh. A little more than a year in, and it's clear Harris wasn't worthy of the Steelers' first-round pick in 2021. The vast majority of running backs are not. The NFL now runs on backs from far deeper in drafts, not to mention undrafted gems like Jalen Warren, who will be taking more and more snaps away from the seemingly listless Harris. All this after Najee in his second year has rushed for just 222 yards for a paltry 3.2 yards per carry so far this season. In the beatdown in Buffalo, Najee was good, if you can call it that, for an anemic 20 yards on 11 totes. That just doesn't get it done. And it's a far cry from first-round production at the pro level. So what's wrong with Najee? A better question is what isn't wrong. He has no burst, no flash. He's not hitting the holes. He doesn't have nearly enough game-breaking splash plays to his credit, and those are the plays that the Steelers thrive upon. In short, he's pedestrian, workmanlike, a pound-and-ground type of guy. He's not a game-changer. He just doesn't give the Steelers what they sorely need. Perhaps some of Najee's problems in this subpar sophomore season has to do with lingering effects of his preseason Liz Frank injury to the foot. He missed mostly all of training camp, and Tomlin said as much this week that that might have set him back, but it doesn't explain the entire disparity in the running back the Steelers thought they drafted and Harris's lack of performance on the field. Najee is just but one example of those twin problems in Pittsburgh lack of talent due to bad drafting. As Mike Tomlin would say, the Steelers' talent is, quote, below the line. How far? Well, just look at how Tomlin's team stacked up against the Super Bowl contending Buffalo Bills last Sunday. It was as if they weren't even in the same league. And the 38 3 score, lopsided as it was, belied the great distance between these lowly Steelers and those high-flying Bills. Worst of all, it could be years before the Steelers can correct these problems and compete at the elite level. Rookie Kenny Pickett didn't look bad at quarterback. The rest of the team surely did. And while I'm not trying to pick on Najee Harris, it's glaring how average he is running backs drafted late in drafts, and even those who went undrafted are flashing more than Harris has. One of them is that aforementioned Steelers rookie Jalen Warren, who earned a roster spot against all odds after not being drafted at all, and now he'll be stealing more and more snaps, carries, and catches away from Najee Harris, the former first-rounder. Of course, Harris is far from the only one underperforming. Linebacker Devin Bush is a major bust who cost the Steelers not one draft pick, but three in that ill-fated trade that's now blown up in their face. There are more, many others. In refusing to rebuild, the Steelers have attempted to plug in, quote, shiny new toys, as Pittsburgh radio host Mark Madden calls them, in an effort to retool on the fly. Tomlin and the Steelers forgot the golden rule that NFL teams are built from the ground up. The foundation is the offensive line, one that can protect your quarterback and road-grade holes for your running game. On the other side of the football, the defensive line and middle linebackers need to be able to stuff the run, first and foremost, on defense. The Steelers have neglected all of these things by either refusing to spend draft capital on these unsexy basics or missing on the position players that they did pick. They don't have skilled players with talent on par with the likes of the Bills and other top teams either. Players with talent so big they can bust games wide open. Instead, the Steelers have too many busts, period. Other than that, they're doing just fine. The postgame panning at Pittsburgh centered mostly on offensive coordinator Matt Canada's questionable play calling. But the rot infecting the Steelers is far deeper than that. Yeah, Canada's play calling is pathetic. But even with better plays, the players just aren't there. This is the sad state of Steelers' affairs, and it was laid bare in Buffalo. The problems won't be easily solved. But the first step is recognizing them. The second is to refrain from attempting to paper them over with more misguided draft picks like Najee Harris. The team that prides itself on never rebuilding needs to do just that. The reckoning is already starting. Reports say Najee Harris remained fully dressed in the locker room long after the rest of the team had boarded the bus that was going to be headed out of Buffalo. Coach Tomlin came in and sat with his dispirited running back for a long time. They talked. What was said was anyone's guess. But what you'll see going forward is the diminishment of Najee's role as the Steelers turn to Warren for some life, some spark. It's the same reason Tomlin turned to Kenny Pickett. And the passer from Pitt does have something electric, but he needs help. Warren might bring added energy to this listless offense. He certainly can't hurt and he comes cheap. Najee, as great as a guy as he is off the field, he isn't the guy for the Steelers on it. He's not who the Steelers thought he was. He's not a first-rounder. He's not a back who can carry a team. What he is now is a lesson. Going forward, the Steelers must learn from him and all their many other draft-day mistakes and talent evaluation misfires. The watchword going forward must be talent. The Steelers need more talent, much more. It's their only hope for bridging the now yawning gap between this team and the NFL's elite as personified by the Bills and that beatdown they delivered on your Steelers last Sunday. We have much more on the flame out in Buffalo and the bottoming out process for the Steelers as they prepare to face Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, all in this somber but sober edition of your Steelers Update Podcast. Hey, and be sure to check out my print column, First Thing Thursday on Penn Live. As always, it will be packed with plenty of memes bringing this Steelers football funeral to life or death as is befitting this scary Halloween season that will be no doubt terrorized by plenty more lopsided Steelers losses. Oh boy. Right now, let's get right to it. The tables are turning on Mike Tallman. So are some of his former players, most notably Ryan Clark, who said this from his lofty ESPN platform. Quote, The only thing we always gave the Pittsburgh Steelers credit for was fighting. This team didn't fight in Buffalo. The only player on this team that I take in 2008 to go down an alley with me is the young kid that's playing quarterback. He's the only one that wanted some up in Buffalo. This starts with Coach Tomlin. You no longer have a Hall of Fame quarterback. You no longer have better players than the other team. You have to have this team ready to play. I can't believe I'm saying this. I want this team to look like the Detroit Lions do most weeks. We say the Detroit Lions fought. They made it a game. They didn't give up. This Steelers team gave up. This team wasn't playing anymore. It wasn't important enough for them to go out and have pride in the way they approached the game. That is a problem. When you know you don't have what it takes on paper, you've got to go out and do something else. That's what winners do. This team didn't play like winners unquote. Now that is as strong as words you're going to hear from anyone anywhere, but notably Ryan Clark, who has in the past demonstrated great affection for Mike Tomlin, but he's saying Tomlin didn't have his team ready. the team didn't fight, the team didn't play like a winner, and that is damning criticism and certainly it was. Comments that Ron Cook, writing for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, took note of and suggested that the bottom is falling out for Mike Tomlin, who's clearly now part of the Steelers' many problems. Ron Cook writes this, quote, Tomlin's recent track record has been, to use his words, below the line. The Steelers have won just three playoff games since 2010, none since 2016. They have given up 42, 48, 45, and 36 points in their past four playoff games, all of them losses. Tomlin is fortunate he works for the Rooney family, which has long believed in stability and continuity with his coaches. Many other organizations would have replaced him a long time ago. Things aren't likely to get better for Tomlin anytime soon. He promised, quote, to turn over every stone, unquote, after the loss in Buffalo to find answers but I'm not sure there's much he can do at the moment. His team is his team. Is that a troubling thought or what? One thing that's also inarguable about Tomlin is that he's never lost his locker room. It didn't happen in 2009 when the Steelers lost five games in a row late before winning their final three to finish 8-8. It didn't happen in 2013 when they started 0-4 before finishing 8-8. It didn't happen in 2016 when they lost four in a row before making it to the AFC Championship game. It didn't even happen in 2019 when Ben Roethlisberger went out at halftime of the second game and the Steelers had Mason Rudolph or Duck Hodges as their quarterback and finished 8-8. But now? An angry, frustrated Tomlin promised better days ahead in the wake of the Buffalo loss. But that's not saying much. Things can't get worse if the Steelers just bother to show up and play Tom Brady and Tampa Bay on Sunday at Acrisure Stadium. It will be a big improvement. Unquote. Hey, that's Ron Cook, who's close to Tomlin and the team, laying it bare and laying it out unvarnished. So, what's the answer for Tomlin and the Steelers as Tom Brady and his Bucks enter Acrisure Stadium this Sunday? After that disaster in Buffalo, surely Tomlin is making sweeping changes, right? Well, not so much. Here's the Post-Gazette's Jerry Dulack on Tomlin's tinkering around the edges with the team ahead of a home date with those Brady and the Bucks. Dulac writes, quote, No, Mike Tomlin isn't making any changes to his coaching staff, just in case you thought there was a chance someone other than Matt Canada would be in charge of the offense. Asked if he still has confidence in Canada, Tomlin said, quote, I'm confident, but confidence means very little. It's what's on tape. Tomlin, who did have a meeting with Canada on Monday to discuss the offense, said he isn't about to change despite the public outcry to do so. Quote, I'm not changing for the sake of changing, Tomlin said. I'll change if I feel like it produces a better desired outcome. We're looking at those things, but not in an effort to quell the masses or anything of that nature, unquote. Asked if he will get more involved with the offense, much like he does with defense, Tomlin said, quote, I'm not running and hiding. I'm highly involved with the offense and have been, unquote. There is one change coming to the offense, and for the second week in a row, it involves a first-round pick. This time, it is running back Najee Harris, whose slow start is expected to result in more playing time for undrafted rookie Jalen Warren. Said Tallman, quote, we've been playing Jalen increasingly anyway, and that's going to continue. He's proven that he's capable, varsity player, and we need plays from all parties involved, unquote. Last year, Harris really had nowhere to run and gain more yards after contact than he did before contact. This year, the offensive line is doing a better job of creating space and opening holes, but Harris's production is lagging, and social media has been filled with examples of him missing holes. Meantime, Warren has rushed for 94 yards on 19 carries, a 4.9-yard average, mainly because he appears to hit a hole at full throttle. What's more, he has slowly been more involved in the passing game. He caught four passes for 39 yards against Bills, and has proven to be good in pass protection. Tomlin said Harris's slow start could be related to the time he missed in the preseason when he sustained a Liz Frank injury that kept him out for three weeks. Harris aggravated the injury in week one in Cincinnati, but did not miss any more games. Tomlin said of Harris, quote, He missed some time in team development, and that's maybe a component of him finding or not finding a rhythm but it's also reflective of where we are. It's tough to analyze an individual component of something when things unfolded the way they did on Sunday, unquote. Well, that's generous of uh, Tomlin to to talk about things unfolding uh, in Buffalo. They blew up in the Steelers' face. And Dulac does give us the state of play with the Steelers. There's not many changes you can make midseason. But it is telling that one of the big changes announced by a baffled Tomlin after the Buffalo loss is throttling back on the use of his first-round running back and firing up his undrafted rookie. It's all but an admission that Najee wasn't worth that first-round pick in 2021. So all of that blame must rest with the former Steelers general manager Kevin Colbert. I mean, he picked those underperforming Steelers players, right? Well, not really. Tomlin, as a highly touted, powerful coach, had a huge say in all of those draft picks. And Post-Gazette columnist Paul Zeize lays the blame at the head coach's doorstep in no uncertain terms, writing this. Quote, Tomlin created this mess of a football team. Tomlin built this awful defense, and Tomlin completely mismanaged the quarterback position to this point. And it is Tomlin who now needs to fix it. And given his history, I would expect that he will get it turned around. But it's clear about one thing Tomlin, the general manager, is a big reason Tomlin, the football coach, is struggling right now. Oh, I know Kevin Colbert was the GM for a lot of years, and yeah. He had a hand in building these rosters. But Tomlin, like the previous two Steelers coaches, has a large hand in picking the players, and that's a big part of the problem. I keep hearing the Steelers are rebuilding, and that's true. But a quick look at recent drafts and player acquisitions doesn't exactly instill a lot of confidence in that guy picking the players, that he has any idea of what he is doing. From 2016 to 2021, the Steelers' premium draft picks, first and second rounders, have produced exactly one difference maker, the currently injured TJ Watt. That is a lousy average. 2019 draft is shaping up to be a dumpster fire, as the only remaining picks are Devin Bush, almost assuredly he will be gone at the end of the year. Receiver Deontay Johnson, a good player, but not out cut to be a not cut out to be a number one receiver and backup tight end Zach Gentry. Receiver Chase Claypool, linebacker Alex Highsmith, and O-lineman Kevin Dotson came along in 2020, and they could be three pieces to a winning puzzle. But Claypool is way too inconsistent and hasn't gotten any better. Highsmith appears to be far less effective without the help of T.J. Watt, and Dotson almost lost his job to Kendrick Green. The 2021 draft class was heralded at the time, but it's looking more like a washout as well. The aforementioned Kendrick Green is probably too small to ever be an effective starting offensive lineman in the NFL. Dan Moore has shown some signs he may be a good left tackle. The rest of the class is full of a bunch of special teamers and backups at best, and that includes Presley Harvin III, who has been extremely inconsistent as the team's punter. And at the top of that draft class, of course, is the underperforming running back Najee Harris. This isn't rocket science. The problem isn't the Steelers are rebuilding. It's that the draft classes have been largely washouts or disappointments. There are far more misses than hits, and you can't rebuild that way. The Steelers are struggling because they don't have enough good players. That's on Tomlin. Tomlin, the general manager, created this mess for Tomlin the coach, unquote. And that is Paul Zeiss with the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. And it is oh so true. At least we know Mike Tomlin was right about one thing. This week he said there will be no quick fixes for his Steelers. Based on the team's lack of talent, it will take time, lots of time, lots of solid drafts over the next few years to replenish this roster. Pittsburgh had better play that the Steelers' new GM tandem gets it right and that Mike Tomlin, the GM, gets out of the way. We shall see. And we will follow it all right here on your Steelers Update podcast week in, week out, every Wednesday in the afternoon. It is fresh, so sign up wherever you get your favorite podcast. And of course, we're going to cover it all. We're going to cover Tom Brady. We're going to cover how this team moves forward as it seems to be bottoming out with talent that is subpar when you compare it to the elite level of the NFL. All right, here on your Steelers Update Podcast. Hey, we got to say it go, Steelers, beat those Buccaneers. I'll be there in Pittsburgh to witness it firsthand. And let's hope we come back with some positive notes from this game and maybe. Jalen Warren, and Kenny Pickett will keep showing us that there is a way forward for these Steelers. We'll be back next week. Be here, and we'll talk Steelers football, and we'll talk real sober facts about this team that has a long way to go. Thank you. And, of course, log on to PennLive.com anytime for your real time.